Welcome to the debut episode of Does Father Know Best? My name is John Wanglin, and I am here with my partner in crime, with the co-host of the show. We are doing this together. He is a living legend in his own mind, and he's a living legend in my book, too. He is my father, the one and only podcasting sensation, (laughs) all-around damn good guy, and uh, one of the smartest guys I know a few times a week. And his name is Stan Wangland. Stan, Dad, welcome to Does Father Know Best. How are you doing? Hey, you know you know me, man. I'm, I'm always doing good. And if I can be uh, doing some podcasting, I'm even doing better. Why? At least I have one person who's a captive audience and may listen to me for more than two minutes. I've spent yeah. my entire life listening to other people or instructing other people who were, you know, kind of falling asleep in the classroom or being sweet and kind and whatever it is. But this is great with the podcasting. It's great to have the opportunity to do the show with you, man. It's a really Absolutely. Uh, neat thing. Think of how many fathers get a chance to sit there and, uh, you know, do a podcast, uh, uh, you know, with their with their child. It's a, it's a great deal. And childlike is, is how I would describe you to the audience. No, I'm just teasing. Yeah, all right. No, you're you a know. good guy. Uh, well, I appreciate it. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun on the show here. So maybe you're listening uh, to this feed for the first time. Maybe you've listened to it before. Uh, we had a great show on here for that you did with uh, Paul, uh, James Caden, for a long time called The uh, People Under the Stairs. And you guys still do a bunch of great stuff together. But we yes. wanted to transform this feed over, um, over to doing this show right now because... Uh, you know, you were getting kind of tired with the paranormal. It's kind of hard to get some topics on there sometimes and everything. Uh, and yeah, uh, yeah. we've had this uh, we've had this this idea for a while to kind of do a generational style show, which is uh, which is what the show's kind of going to be. You know, it was originally going to be called Generations, but I thought a good name for it was Does Father Know Best? Because we're going to look at the two generations, yours at almost 70 and mine at mm-hmm. 38 years old, and we're going to see does father really know best? Do you really know best? Uh, you know, that's that's a great question. And, and uh, being a very modest and humble person like myself, I would say, yeah, just about most of the time, I think I would know best. No, I'm, I, yeah, I'd like to take the show with uh, like I do with everything else, um, you know, with some fun, uh, with an open mind, but also kind of like a learning experience for everybody. Uh, I think that, yeah, sometimes experience uh, is the best teacher. And, uh, you know, the uh, depth and breadth of knowledge with people, uh, you know, people have been around a long time. Yeah, they, they, they certain times have uh, uh, a little bit more of a grasp on things. Although uh, I have to say that, if, you know, many people see seeing things with a new, fresh point of view are very correct also. But most of the time, it's somewhere in the middle, between the old and the new. If you're a, if you're a, if you're a real thinker like I am, and uh, yeah, I think the show is a great opportunity to do that because there's so much divisiveness that you, that you see in the world. I mean, that's an overused term, and so many people they don't think critically. And you and I have always had this uh, you know relationship ever since you've been a, a young kid. Uh, I think I brought that to you and our family and I like to do with other people, you know, we like to be challenging. We like to, you know, I want to hear your point of view. I want you to hear mine. And, uh, you know, I want you to agree with mine ultimately because I'm right and you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to see and everybody else is going to get an opportunity to make their decision on their own here. So it's going to be a fun show just to kind of 
give a background on it for everybody. We're going to drop new episodes at the minimum every Wednesday and every Sunday is the days that we were talking about doing it there. So Wednesdays and Sundays, you can expect new shows. So if you're a first time listener to this feed, welcome. We hope you guys enjoy the content here. If you've listened to the feed before when it was the people under the stairs, it is not the paranormal world right now that we're going to be talking about. Maybe we'll talk about some of it here and there. But it's Mm -hmm. not going to be what we're going to be focusing on on this show. We're going to talk about life's issues. We're going to talk about things that are going on in the world. We're going to talk about fun topics, serious topics, topics that we may agree on, we may disagree on. And we're going to look at it from multiple perspectives. We're going to look at it from all sides. We're going to look at it in a critical manner. We're going to give it our best intellectual guesses on things or discussions on it. And they're going to be topics that maybe we know a lot about, maybe we don't know a lot about. So there's no topic that is going to be off limits here on the show. So just expect that from it. I like to kind of give a basis for it for everybody here. We're not we're not uh, newbies to podcasting. We both have been for yeah for a very long time. We're both uh, very very seasoned with uh, hundreds and hundreds of episodes under our belt. Uh, but you know the funniest thing is me and you have only done a handful of shows together, maybe about seven or eight shows and all the podcasts uh, that you've done or I've done as we've done together. So this is going to be a fun experience to do with you every week. Yeah. And, and you know, I love doing shows with you. The shows that we've done together, I, I think, have been uh, very profound. And uh, I think, I'll, I'll, you know, this is I'm, I'm glad we finally got to this point to do this, because for me, this is kind of a legacy show. I'm in the infancy of my old age, even though I'm still cute and adorable and very active and very mentally alert. I'm at the top of my game. I haven't even hit the top of my game yet, but uh, I'm being serious. I'm not I'm not trying to be foolish with the audience out there, but it's a great thing to be able to put all these things down in podcasting that will outlive me. Yeah. And be around there. It's a great thing. It's uh, I was telling you today that uh, I, I'm always um, I was telling my wife, I said, you know, it's uh, I have like 400 shows in the can for uh, just thinking. And I said, you know what I fantasize about the show? I take it so seriously. I see myself doing that show. Like, uh, you ever see the movie Artificial Intelligence? Yeah. You know when the, the the aliens come down at the end and they're like doing the archaeological research and they're looking at all the artifacts? Mm-hmm. I have this fantasy that somebody uh, 200 years from now will sit there like Ken Burns, like in a Civil War, and they open up a journal and they'll mm-hmm. say, what it was like in 2020. I wonder what it was really like for a person living in 1950, like I did. I was born in 1950, in the 50s and 60s, and during different important times in history. What the hell was that really like? We have all these news articles. We, but what's an average guy, or what's what is what's a family think about these kind of things? You know, what was their thinking process? And man, I've got 400 episodes of what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Just thinking. And this is another opportunity for that. How many of you guys at home are sitting there, you know, you can't sit and talk with your mother and father because they're tr- they're trying too hard to figure out how to work their cell phone or their computer or, you know, help me, I can't get up. You know, you don't have people sitting down and talking about all these things on an equal footing with one another. And you and I have the opportunity to do that. I think it'd be great someday that uh, if, if these you know shows survive in some kind of a way. That, um, you know, somebody says, hey, man, uh, this is what was going on in 2020. Does that make sense? Will these podcasts survive or do they just go to podcast land? 
No, nah, I think they'll survive the, the lengths of time. It's uh, it's one of the fun things about doing this. There's always going to be a way to transfer the medium over. Technology is always going to progress in some way. But there there is, a, there is a, a lot of fascination, I think, to go back and see how things were once done. My favorite yes. things to read, my favorite shows on are ones uh, – I love the medieval times. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I love the times, you know, with uh, – when they go back in some of the shows where the early stages of Christianity, the different wars from, you know, way, way, way back when, you know, a thousand mm-hmm. plus years ago, just love that stuff, man. So I, I think there's always going to be something for nostalgia. So hopefully one day if somebody is listening to this in the year 2070 in some way, shape or form, they can get something out of it and, and understand times and what we were thinking about back at this point. Now, if it's in the year 2070 and somebody is listening to that, the chances of you being alive are not very or, or good. No, no, and uh, probably the same for me. I'm 38, so in 2070 I'd be 88. When with the life I've lived, I don't know if I'm going to make it to 88. So uh, we'll see on that one. But I don't think you're going to make it to 2070. Hey. I hope you do, though. But I don't uh, think it's going to happen. That's an awful long time, man. I, I I'm pretty happy. Uh, you know, with a few more years, if I'm lucky, that'll be fine. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namaga Madoff versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. You know, uh, absolutely, man. Well, you know, I think it it flows into the style of, of one of the topics because, you know, we're going to not always just have one topic for a show. There's going to be three, maybe two, three, maybe sometimes four topics that we're going to do. We'll do some weekly segments on the episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Little things that we can do every week that we like to talk about as well. And we're always game for ideas, too. So if you got something you want to hear, you want to hear talked about. You can just reach right out to myself or Stan, and you can hit me up. My email is wwrpodcast.com at gmail.com, and Stan's is s-w-a-n-g-l-u-n-d at gmail.com. Or if you're on social media, find us over on Twitter. Mine is at wwrpodcast on Twitter, and Stan's is at S Wangland, W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D on Twitter. And the direct messages are always open over there. So whatever method you go to, whether it's uh, the old Twitter machine or whether it's email, go give us a follow. Check us out. Uh, shoot us a message if you got a topic and idea that you want to hear, yeah. something yeah. that you want to hear us talk about. Nothing is off limits here, as I said earlier in the beginning. Now, this weekend, uh, you know, I have to say I unfortunately ruffled some feathers this weekend with some people. Um mm-hmm. You know, on social media, social media can be the devil and it can be a great thing. I typically use it just for business stuff, you know, for all the podcasts. Um, But I've seen a lot of stuff going on with the protesting, um, with Mm -hmm. just the way that people have generally acted to the coronavirus stuff. And I guess it finally got to under my skin enough, Dad, 
that like I finally said something on social media. You know me. I don't ever go on social media. No, uh, you never go on it. No. No, and it's just not me, man. I don't go on there looking for a fight with people. I don't go on and banter back and forth. In fact, I've even said it to you a few times. I was like, you know, because you're 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 not that type of guy either. I've seen it with you before. I was like, you're never going to get through to some people, man. Don't even waste your time. And you know what? I've made the mistake the last week with going and doing it. And we've I've actually reversed our positions. Yeah, you're more you don't active see on, me than get I am, on there right? hardly at all anymore. No. Yeah. And I've made the mistake here, man, the last like week to actually get on there because I think a lot of things have just got under my skin enough that I've just started to see it. And I see people I really love and care about and people I like and I care about too. And I've seen them act a certain way. And it, it bothers me a little bit, you know, because these are people you have respect for, people you like, and they have these opposing views. And some of their views in my mind are completely just illogical and just really harsh. And I don't like to see people act like that, man. It really hurts my heart when I see somebody that I care about and that I know is a really nice and special person act a certain way. It can really bring the devil out on you. And I did a show on it on one of my podcasts called The Road to Redemption. And it's Mm -hmm. called The Hardest Times Can Bring Out the Worst in Us. And, you know, I was guilty of that too a little bit this weekend, bantering back and forth with some people. But the protesters were something that was kind of agitating me a little bit. I'm not about not protesting. I'm not about not having your freedom of speech. But I see these people going in and marching into Capitol buildings, marching into the Capitol. They're jam-packed with their assault rifles. They look like common core criminals and heathens, most of them, that are going in there. And they're packed in their their flak vests, looking like they're ready to go in for a fight and to go into war. And they're storming into these places to try to get their point across, saying that, you know, it's tyranny, their rights are being stripped, that they should be able to go off there and not have to follow the practices that, you know, are put in place with the coronavirus. And then they're cussing out the cops. They're cussing out everybody that's in the buildings. They're just completely acting a fool. And I'm sitting over there, and some people are justifying it. And I can understand both sides of the spectrum. But I've never really seen a lot of that stuff in my life. Now, you have. Back, you yes, grew up. I, yes, I have. I was in the Vietnam War. Yeah. Did, as a matter of fact, you couldn't. I, I couldn't have been in a more perfect generation. Yeah, for those of you don't you're know. the one. I, what was it? What was it like during your time? Because you were drafted into the yeah. Vietnam War. You yeah. were a draftee, just so everybody knows. If you've yeah. never heard Stan shows well, or talked about before, no, I gave up my student deferment in the first lottery. There was uh, there was the opportunity if you gave up your deferment that uh, I, I was in school. I was a sophomore in college, and it looked like the war would never end. Uh, and the country at that point in time was completely torn apart by the war. They had the hawks and the doves. People don't remember that anymore. But uh, there was riots uh, all throughout the country. People were burning buildings down. Martin Luther King had been killed. Robert Kennedy Jr. had been killed. President Kennedy in the early 60s had been killed. A lot of people like George Wallace, the great uh, segregationist, uh, he had been shot and maimed. Uh, you know, that it, it was just it was a very violent period. And people now, rather at that point in time, were it went from five or ten thousand soldiers in Vietnam, uh, where President Johnson called it up to almost a half a million. And uh, at that point in time, there was a draft. So to draft a half a million soldiers to have, you know, active a half a million soldiers to have them in a theater of combat 
you know, troops in Vietnam, it usually takes somewhere, I think, seven or eight other troops to support that person over there. So you were dealing with several million people now being required to, to do that job. So what did that mean? That meant if you didn't go to college, you most likely uh, when you filled out your draft, then you were going to get drafted. And, uh, you know, till they met the quota and you could be drafted at any time. And people didn't like that. And they said they want to have a lottery where it's one shot. You're in the lottery every year. They do the thing. If you have a certain number, if you make it past that number you've done for that year, they draw it again. Am I, am I losing you with any of this? Well, man, let me tell you, people didn't like that shit. And, and my number was number, uh, what the hell was I, number 12. So it was like immediately, I saw Walter Cronkite on this, holy shit, man. And that was it, man. A couple of weeks later, you know, Uncle Sammy sends you, a, a, you know, a, a little letter. Uh, and he's saying, you know, please, here's your ticket. You're going to pick up a ticket at the airport and you're going to get a bus chit and a meal ticket at, uh, you know, at uh, Fed, not at Fayetteville, at uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. And uh, that's where it was, man. You know, away you go. And, uh, and how you know, quick was that after you were drafted? What do you mean? Two weeks. Two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Two weeks I got notified. Two weeks after the numbers came out, man. Jesus. Man. And that was the first one. And it was uh, debated because they, they took the, uh, I'm, my birthday is December 7th. And they have um, a box of um, they just kind of loaded them on top. They didn't do them randomly. So when they dumped them, the December's, November's and January months, the ones on the end were the ones that were most frequent. They weren't done scientifically. So people pissed and moaned about it, but forget about it. But anyway, the point of the real point of the story was uh, college students wanted no part of that shit. Uh, they didn't want to be part of number one. Everybody had long hair. They were taking drugs. They were getting lots of poontang and having a lot of lovemaking, <laughs> that kind of stuff. People were getting more ass than a toilet seat. Like they were saying, there was no herpes. Were or you AIDS. one of them? Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> and uh, life was good. <laughs> Nobody wanted to do that. Nobody wanted to be in the middle. You know how you, you know, how you see everybody now with their heads shaved and they've got all kinds of tattoos and shit and they're drinking beer. But man, I keep are telling you, everybody, are you making a fucking dig at me already? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm telling people that the shit, if you were a guy in college and you were ripped and buffed and you had short hair and big muscles and tattoos, you couldn't get laid if you went into a, a, a brothel in Mexico loaded with $100 bills. Man. <laughs> but if you were some scrawny ass guy with a big, long, scraggly hair and you were smoking a dope and had little John Lennon glasses on and you were tuning in, uh, turning on and dropping out, baby, you, you'd have to beat them off with a stick. It was a different culture and people didn't want to get their ass shot off. Uh, and what did they do? They started protesting. And then the old guys from the boomers of that generation, guys like grandpa, guys from World War II, guys from the Korean War, says, what are you guys doing? You draft dodging bums. And it get the same divisiveness now that you have between Trump and his make America great people and whatever. And you had the same kind of thing. You'd have the doves and the hawks and nobody could reach any agreement on that. And if you want to see the, the best show on television that really gives you some idea of what it was like when I was a teenager, you have to go back and watch the reruns of All in the Family. Oh, with Archie Bunker, right? Archie Bunker was meant to be a dope. He was meant to be somebody you would ridicule. And just to let people know, when you're looking at Donald Trump and you laugh at him, everybody said when Donald Trump was running, who the fuck would vote for this guy with that stupid hairdo 
He said dope and everything else like that. How could he run for president? Archie Bunker became a hero. People loved what he was saying. They were supposed to hate what he was saying. He was supposed to be an ignoramus, but they fell in love with him. You want to know why? Because Archie Bunker helped take the scab off of the ugly part of America, the racist part of America, the part of America that wanted to kick everybody's ass because you were Asian or you weren't American, just like we have right now. And people on the college campuses tore the goddamn place apart. They occupied the campuses. They took over classrooms. They closed colleges down all the time. I was very upset in my senior year of college, having come back, you know, from the military and gone back into colleges. War still going on, goddammit. And people protested. And it almost looked like my college was going to get closed down and I couldn't graduate. And mm-hmm. I said, like now, I said, oh, goddammit to hell. I've been in college. I'm a, you know, I'm a gifted person. I'm going to college on scholarships. I've been working since I'm 14 goddamn years old. I want to get out and get a job like people now want to get out. Mm -hmm. I got stuff waiting for me, man. I I want to live my goddamn life. I've done my time in school. I've done my time as as a poor kid. I've done my time being an outstanding uh, scholar in school. I've been in this stupid goddamn military that I hate. Now, don't you close this goddamn college down. I'm going to bust somebody's head. I was not for anybody closing the college down. And I can remember standing in the quadrangle of Brooklyn College and somebody, some students, just for shits and giggles, took over the um, um, Boylan Hall. And the New New York City Tactical Police Force came out. They would the police would come and come to these things. And they wouldn't let these kids uh, take over the building. And they stood and they stood in front of the building and everybody's throwing shit at them and yelling at them and everything. I mean, a lot of people. And I'm just standing there. I was on my way to class. And some kid next to me picks up a dirt bomb of like a clot of dirt and he throws it at these cops. And these are New York City tactical policemen. These are guys who've been taking this shit since 1969. It's like 1973, whatever the hell it is. I don't even know what year at this point. Yeah, it must be 73, 74. And I'll never forget that one guy was a sergeant. He was a black guy. And he had one of those riot helmets on and a big goddamn baton. And I must have been like 30 feet away from him. And I'm just standing there. I was on my way to class. I had nothing to do with this. And he, he or somebody else got hit with that dirt bomb. And he says, clear these motherfuckers. <laughs> and they came down the stairs swinging those goddamn <laughs> nightsticks. They were busting heads. They were cracking asses. They were whacking people off the back of the, the legs. And you remember Grandpa. Mm-hmm. He, was, he had a big goddamn nightstick from, uh, you know, from, from the New York uh, uh, you know, transit police. And that's all they wanted. With, man, Older people, all they wanted to see were these long-haired hippies, they would say, get crack with those goddamn nightsticks. Now, they did the same thing in Chicago at the Democratic Convention. They had a police riot where they, they, they had protesters out there and the police rioted. They kicked the shit out of everybody. I mean, kicked the shit out of everybody. So your protesters here, you know, with all the AR-15s and shit like that. Let me tell you, this ain't nothing. This ain't nothing. In New York City, Peaceful protesters came down protesting the war, you know, everything else. Construction workers, right? In New York mm-hmm. City, put all the high rises. They were always hawks. They were, you know, you know, we're for the we're for our country, for America, for America. You know, that shit. You know, the construction workers. 
blue collar workers from America, America, right? So these peace protesters come down as college kids, blah, 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 blah. They had a construction workers riot. They kicked the shit out of every one of them. It was on the news. People loved it. They thought it was great, huh? Did I go on too much about this? No, no. President Nixon was literally held hostage in the White House. There was like a million people out in front of that. I mean, people didn't want to go to Vietnam and get shot up, man. I mean, when I was in the military, I, I didn't listen to nothing. When, but when you look back at it and you think about it when, what, with what they were protesting, do you think it was valid? Do you think it was good reasoning for what they were protesting? Yes. And I didn't realize it at the time. What we, everybody was coming from the 50s. Everybody was coming from the 50s, from Eisenhower, and I lived through the golden period of America when when the interstate highways were developed, when Bethlehem Steel ruled the world, when stuff from Japan and China was cheap shit. Everybody laughed at it. America was an empire. It was like the Roman Empire. It had saved people in Europe from World War II. We were the man. We were number one. Everything was produced, made in the U.S. of A, baby. Unions were strong. People had two cars. People had, uh, you know, were buying homes out in Long Island or homes. You know, the middle class was strong and alive. And people in America didn't want to see any hint of communism. They didn't want to see any hint of any domino theory and bullshit. And we had no reason being there. It didn't do a good goddamn thing. And you know what? I always tell the story about Jimmy Hickey, the kid who was mildly mentally retarded. Uh, forgive me for using that term. And my father was a big, he was a big hawk, my, my old man, and a good guy. And he changed yep. his tune after he begged, he begged the draft office. They said, you can't do that to this kid. He was over there a week and he got killed. I'll never forget my father and all the other veterans. They said, oh, that, that, this is the same, right? And I'll never forget him calling up that he says, you, you, what you guys do was so wrong. You just sent him there like cannon fodder. Yeah. You know, when I was in the military, that's all I saw. All I saw was poor people, black people, uh, anybody with color, anybody who didn't have a job, anybody who didn't have a degree, anybody who just was like me that just didn't have the, uh, the, the wherewithal to say, I'm not going to this fucking thing. I'm not doing this. You know, and and for me, I, I didn't feel it was right to, you know, to, you know, I couldn't picture myself like leaving and going to Canada or refusing to go or making up the fact that I was a conscientious objector or something like that. I just figured it, you know, just just have to go and take my chances. And it was very funny. I mean, when I was in the military, I never had a never had any I uh, never had an MOS. That's a, a military job specialty that would have sent me as an infantryman or anything as a combat mm-hmm. position. Nothing. Quite the contrary. Now, what about the protesters here? You know, and I really this this is a really good perspective to see yeah. because I've never seen these things that much in my life. I'm not saying I've never seen a protest or anything like, thing like that, but these these were things that were very much made famous by your generation. You know, yes. things you know by the people in your generation. That's why I feel this was such a good topic to talk about here because you know you know I'll, I'll pull the onion back here a little bit. Um, yeah. You know I'm a I'm a very uh, staunch person against certain types of things that are out there. Um, I don't believe yeah. in people having assault rifles. I don't believe yeah. in that at all. Um, yeah. I I believe that uh, people should not be you know having that. 
in, in general, man, I don't, you know, and I'm not t- saying take away people's right to bear arms, but I don't feel any need for having those types of materials, you know, yeah. those types of things. And when I see people going out there and saying they're peacefully protesting and they're carrying an assault rifle with them, how would that make you feel? I know for me, if I see somebody walking towards me with an, with an, with an AR-15 civilianized assault rifle mm-hmm. and they're trying to come into my building – that doesn't speak peaceful to me. That doesn't speak no, that you're it, trying no, to protest in a nice way. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And you see what happened, and this is just my opinion, but mm-hmm. I think it's a good one. Yeah, what happened, I'd love to hear it. What happened is when I was a kid and I was in college and the protesters were in college, a lot of kids were just protesting to protest and they didn't want to go in the military. They wanted to, you know, to, to be at home and, and have a good life and go to college. But what was, believe it or not, remember, this was the time of Woodstock and communes, communes, excuse me, and, and people, you know, doing different things. People were interested in spiritual things. People were interested in intelligence. If When I told you about being a gut, men and women were attracted to each other by how smart you were. Now you have a culture I hate to say it, I'm I'm going to turn off a lot of the audience, or I am. Stupidity and ignorance is lionized. You embrace it, and that's because our economy embraced nothing but money. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said, Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there. My generation could care less about money. You see me work. You see me give up job opportunities and things like that to do things that opportunity to help people. Am I correct or incorrect on that? Money was secondary to me. Yep, absolutely. It's like being a real Christian versus a phony Christian, like these prosperity Christian guys that have jet planes and things like that. People became weak. We're a weak society. And the people that you see with the AR-15s, did you ever feel that you needed uh, – you see me. I, I, I've lived in different places. Do, do I own a gun or any such thing like that? No, 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 not at all. I feel I can take care of myself without a gun, even if somebody comes in the house with a gun. I could take I'm care of them. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I can do that by calling the police or using other things in the house, and I have other things that I could use. What do, what do we have a police force for? What do well, we – What are we? That you know, that's the thing. And, I, and I'm not yeah. saying all police are good, but, you know, no. that's their job. And I'm not saying people don't have a right to have a gun. But, you know, they have a right to have a gun. You have a right to bear arms. I get it. You know, with people is what is the need? The the need is you you have to look at what the person is messaging. What the people that are the people that are carrying these guns and are so worried about these guns. Number one, you could go to Walmart and buy any small semi-automatic carbine. To be very honest with you, it'll do the same goddamn thing or a lever action. You know, it's just a semi-automatic weapon. It'll do the same thing as the AR-15, you know. 
except that it's got, you know, a different round in it and a little more power and everything else like that. But the speed and all this bullshit that people are talking about, if that weapon isn't on automatic or it's not some, you know, massive piece of firepower, all the all this, the fact that it's an assault weapon doesn't mean anything. You have you you could get an M1 carbine. It'll do the same thing, uh, you, you know, almost at that will. So it's, it's almost a silly point. But the point that I'm trying to make, and I hope you would agree with me, and I hope the audience does, you always have to look at what you're messaging. It, it's like I said to one of your friends the other day, everybody's woofing and barking with their, you know, I, I, I get tired of this. It, it, it's like I can remember being in the military and somebody was, you know, I'm going to do this. I said, well, for Christ's sakes, get up and do it. Stop woofing and barking. People who woof and bark a lot, and I'm saying that as a psychologist, are people who feel weak. They feel threatened. That's why I gave you the story of America where we felt we were in charge. We were ancient Rome. We were, we were at the height of the Roman Empire, and now we're at the collapse of the empire. But everybody wants to see another, uh, you know, another, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, COVID uh, shot of a movie star playing basketball with a pair of their socks or singing some kind of a song on TV, making them feel good temporarily. You know, we've got a million uh, trigger points and bullshit and uh, parents can't take care of their kids for a few weeks or a few months. What do you think people did in World War II? What do you think people did during the Depression? What do you think people did in a million other situations in America? What the hell do you think my parents did? I was, you know, now that I look at it, man, I was on lockdown all the fucking time when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I came home from school. My mother was there. I'm not saying we have to go back in time. My mother wanted to be there. And she didn't stand there and helicopter parent around with me and everything. She gave me a kiss. She gave me some cookies. And then she says, get the fuck out of the house. And that's what she said. Get the fuck out of that. And, but she didn't have to tell me. I wanted to be with other people. So when you're saying, is this a mad ramble or does it make sense? When you're seeing people protesting with AR-50, what are you doing all this? What do you, what do you need that weapon for? If you're such a big, what are you afraid of? I can tell you what they're afraid of, and it's going to make for a very unpopular show. They're afraid of black people. They're afraid of people who are immigrants. They're afraid of America changing again. They have been left behind. And you know mm -hmm. what the funny thing is? They have the Helsinki syndrome. They identify with their abusers. Mm -hmm. They sit there and they identify, make America great, with Donald Trump. Donald Trump just sold them out again. For the tune of three trillion dollars, who do you think is going to pay that bill, assholes? Yeah, you each are. and every one of us, you damn dopes. <laughs> not, not the corporations. Now you may have gotten your stimulus check. I haven't gotten mine yet. I guess mine comes in May. And all that is is that people have st stuck their hand in and raided the candy store, and they've given you the crumbs, and given all the big businesses who still have assets. And have money, and you want to know what? They've they've made sure they have no losses. And see, so when you're out there protesting, if I'm not rambling all over the place, you're protesting because you've been left behind, and you want to know what? I feel sorry for you, and I'm gonna insult some of you because you're too goddamn stupid to see it. And you know why you're stupid? You're not stupid because you're born stupid, you're stupid because the truth frightens the shit out of you. Yep. And, you know, and every time when somebody says, hey, you know, well, the Democrat, well, the Democrats are a little bit better than the Republicans, but they're not all that much better. So where where do people who do they have to trust? 
you know, for Christ's sakes, if this was France, you know, after the American Revolution, but nobody reads a history book anymore, so why am I even saying this? You don't even know what I'm talking about, <laughs> 90% of you. But if this was during the time of the French Revolution, you know what they did when they overthrew the aristocracy is what we have right now with corporations. They took every one of those bastards out that they could get their hand on for months and months and months. And that's how the guillotine was invented. They cut their friggin' heads off. Every one of them. Yep. I'm not a socialist. I'm not a communist. I'm a capitalist, but a responsible one. So now, when you're you out there protesting, what do I think? I think it's people who have been left behind. What do you think about... Uh... Just recently here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go over to our friendly neighbors on the north here. Um, yeah. You know, we have a lot of listeners from Canada. We have a huge yeah. pop. We have a huge demographic in Canada, sure. and I I'd, I'd love to hear some of the Canadian perspectives. I'm gonna have to ask Sonny about this about sure. how people are looking at it. Who does one of the great shows on our network? But um, sure. you know, Prime Minister Trudeau just banned assault rifles over there after their deadliest mass shooting. What do you think about that? Do you think he did it the correct way? Do you think it was a good choice that he made on it? Uh, I don't think know, it, I don't think it means a God, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think those assault weapons, I used to think it made a difference. But then uh, being somebody who's somewhat knowledgeable about weapons, it's a semi-automatic weapon is a semi-automatic weapon for Christ's sakes. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is go on the Internet and watch, uh, you know, any of the gun channels with with regular gun collectors. You have uh, Iraqi Vet 88, Winche uh, Winchester 45, a nice intelligent guy. They have every kind of semi-automatic weapon under the sun. You could go get a Marlin Plinkin rifle with 22 that fires 10 rounds. Boom, 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 boom. Is it a, is it a 7.62 uh, millimeter uh, NATO round? No. But uh, 10 of those shots in your ass will certainly put you away. And if that doesn't work, for $99, check it out on the Internet, folks. You see, it's because people are stupid. They don't, you know, they they think they're looking at the wrong problem. You can get a shotgun from Walmart. You want a 410? You want a 12 gauge or a 20 gauge? They're 99 bucks, all of them. And then they'll show you how. It's really just a hacksaw blade. Measure out 18 and a half inches, which is legal, and you can cut it down. And they call it a backpacking shotgun. shotgun. So can you imagine going into a crowd with a couple of those in your backpack, you know, 20 gauge or 12 gauge, and open and fire? How about a thing called a speed loader for a handgun? You know me. I used to collect handguns and, and reload them and everything else. I, as a matter of fact, by the way, speaking about military stories, yours truly was the only other guy in this whole goddamn battalion who fired expert. I got, mm -hmm. I got a chance to go home, even though I messed up all the time. <laughs> so I know those because I like to blow things up. So all thought, what do I think about it? It doesn't make a difference is what I'm trying to say. It's the, you know it's the, head, the person behind the gun. You know what I see people, do, you know, uh, trying to justify it with, especially the ones that live down near the border. I need to protect myself because of these people coming in across the border, the illegals and all of the people coming in for the Mexican drug cartel. You dopes. Who do you think funds the Mexican drug cartels, we man? We do. You know, and, I, and I'm so like I'm so tired of it, man. And I see and I, I you know, I got to just throw it out there. You know, if you're sitting over there and you're touting around about having to have a goddamn assault rifle and semi-automatic weapons to protect yourself from you need to go blame us man because we're the ones that fund these people man we're the ones that are paying all their prices we're the ones that are supplying them everything they need so they can bring their dope over here and smoke we're the ones keeping them in business you horses asses i mean this is this is it's it's mind numbing 
just mind blowing sometimes when I see it with people, man. And that's why maybe I didn't make a lot of friends this weekend when I said it for certain people, but, or maybe I lost a few. I don't know, man. And maybe I'm not doing myself any favors via saying this, but I just go on social media right as we were getting started here. And I see people saying stuff to support. Did you see what president Trump said on Twitter today, dad? I try, I, you know, is one of the few times you'll catch me where I don't, I've been actually for the past couple of weeks, I've been trying to limit the amount of time that I see him. But what did he say? He said, uh, Mexico is, this is from President Donald J. Trump. Yes. Here, uh, at the at real Donald Trump on Twitter right. to go give, give a follow if you wish to. Uh, he writes, Mexico is sadly experiencing very big coronavirus problems. And now California, get this, doesn't want people coming across the southern border. A classic. They are so lucky that I am their president. Border is very tight, and the wall is rapidly being built. Right. You have to listen to my show. I have to give a plug on just <laughs> thinking for cult. Are you a cult member? Because there's four particular, there's four key components to being a cult member uh, and a cult leader. And uh, Mr. Trump is definitely one of them. And he was taught very well by the famous or the infamous lawyer, Roy Cohn, who was the family attorney. I've said this a million times on every show, who was also the attorney for Joe McCarthy. For those of you who don't know, for the McCarthy hearings, the McCarthy era, the black stain on our, on our one of our country that uh, destroyed thousands and thousands of people, accusing them of being communists when they weren't. These are these are cult kinds of tactics where he hates, by the way, California and New York and other yep. Puerto Rico still hasn't gotten money or masks or anything else. He holds vendettas. Uh, so what he does is if he does something wrong, like the mishandling of this coronavirus thing, he then starts attacking all the other people who are doing it correctly. Now, California and Governor Newsom have gotten kudos for trying to keep this on a lockdown situation. Mario Cuomo has done a wonderful Andrew, job. Andrew. What's that? Andrew, you're thinking of. Oh, excuse <laughs> you're, me. You're yes, going, excuse you're me. going back uh, to yes. your time. I'm going back to my day. I slipped on that one. Yeah, Andrew Cuomo. Yes, of course, who is always battling with Trump. Just keep in mind, Trump just left New York yeah. just a couple of months ago to move to Florida. So these are just the, the, the most tired kinds of things. But see, they tie into your original question on the protests. These protests are really they're part of the playbook. Uh, and this isn't a conspiracy theory. Actually, the uh, Homeland Security in New Jersey is uh, investigating this amongst other Homeland Security people. It's part of the white supremacist group uh, playbook where they want to use the pandemic, uh, the anti-government, the, you know, the conspiracy thing uh, and, and the support, quite, quite frankly, from Trump, who's worried to death that he's going to not get reelected as president. So this is part of the, the cult like uh, and the fanatic and tribalism kind of stuff. Now, just just so that people know where I'm coming from in just one second, there's a difference between being a fan, a fanatic, a rabid fanatic and a cult member. And a cult member is when you've lost all reason. That's like uh, when you see this guy, he comes out and, uh, you know, they, they've got the payments where he's paid a topless dancer to shut up. Or he says, I grabbed him by the pussy. Like, he never said that. You're a cult member. Once you see something and deny it, you, you've gone over the edge, you know, and there's cult members in religion, there's cult members in government, there's cult mem members sure. in sports. It's, it's just cult mentality. And uh, our culture has it big time. Cults is usually based on fear. And this country is afraid of going dark, man. 
It's afraid of having color in it. And it's afraid of the people that you see are left behind. Picture with those protests, if those protesters, I have to call out the race card because it is an ugly part of America. Picture if those protesters were black guys. Now, you you, you mentioned to me in the 50s and 60s and 70s. With, yep. Let me tell you, you could have students protesting and uh, they would get the shit beat out of them. But when the Black Panthers started, uh, you know, in California, they started protesting. Jesus Christ, the L.A. police, they shot the shit out of them. They blew them up, man. They shot them all up. So if that if that that protesting was a bunch of black people or a bunch of Hispanics or something like that, and they had AR-15s, holy shit, man, they'd have the 82nd Airborne on their ass. You, got you ever it. notice? Yeah, did you ever notice like the Surgeon General? He's a black guy, wonderful guy, very nice guy. Take a take a peek at him, ladies and gentlemen out there. Wonderful guy. He sounds like Mike Tyson with the lisp. Yes, I'll tell you what I'm saying. Uh, what's the other guy? Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. Why is it that all these black People that he has in positions of authority, none of them is feisty, none of them is outspoken, uh, nobody has uh, looks like they have a set of balls on them. They all have to be that uh, subservient kind of looking, uh, you know, this black person who doesn't make waves. The same thing that the bulls do, man, when they pull you over, if you're a person of color. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, you black parents have to tell their kids how they have to act if they get pulled over. That's a yeah, bunch of absolutely. shit, man. You it think? is. Yes. Yeah. I was watching a show called All American, and he got pulled over by the cops, and they ended up arresting him. And his little brother, who was about nine, he was about 17 in the show, and he had been trained on how to act by his parents in the show with the cops so that they didn't do anything and what to do properly. And mm-hmm. this is on a television show, a popular show. It's on the CW. It's all yeah. Netflix and all that stuff, too. And you can see it in one of the episodes. And his brother's getting mad at him for, uh, you know, giving into the cops who are obviously acting racist in in the show. Yes, and he's telling him and he's telling his bro- little brother, he said, shut up, stop right now. Listen to me. Follow what I'm telling you to do and to do it. And they pu- ended up pulling a gun on his little brother in the show because yep. he didn't listen to him. And the kid was like nine, you know, but that's the shit that happens. Like you said, they have to train them and teach them how to talk to some of these people. Now, you know, America would be better off and it would be on its way to a cure. It would be on its way to doing better if it just did one thing, if it just told the truth. It's like if you've ever been uh, if you've ever been in a rehab program, if you've ever gone to Alcoholics Anonymous, if you've ever been uh, a a truly religious person or you've been uh, in a retreat someplace and you wanted to do some personal growth and development, eventually you have to sit there. The the first mark of of real growth and development is you have to say, hey, you know, we're not bad. We're just human. This is what I do, man. You know, Uh, I'm a cheater. Uh, I, you know, I, I cheat on my wife. I, I do this. I, I, I distrust black people. I hate white people. Uh, whatever it is, uh, I, I want to make all the money that I can. I don't give a shit about anybody else. Just tell the truth to mm-hmm. somebody. I mean, for those of you who are religious people out there, which is really funny, a lot of these protesters go, oh, we want more prayer in schools. We want prayer, but prayer was never in schools, man. Nobody took prayer out of schools. Where are you dreaming this shit up from? from? You know? But the point being is, if you just started from a position of truth, you know, we wouldn't be in these positions. We were talking the other night. Hey, man, remember what happened after 9-11? 
and everybody came around the house there. I've mentioned this on a thousand shows, and they all had those goddamn flags on the car. Yep. Remember my remember response? Yeah. I said, get those goddamn things off with me. Is is anybody more of a patriotic guy than you know than me? Do I love my country? Absolutely. 50%. I love it to death, man. I wouldn't trade living in this country for but People who are up there protesting, that's great. People protesting with guns illegally, trying to intimidate people, that's bullshit. The bulls should have grabbed you and thrown your ass right in a pokey. Or they should have said, get those goddamn guns before somebody has an accident here and use some common sense. We'll collect them for you, give you a chip. You shouldn't have those things in a crowded situation. You know, that should have happened. You know, but it, but it's a, it's a bunch of nonsense what's going on with people and people don't tell the truth where you nope. know that war in Iraq when people started which was my point with those flags I said I don't want to see that shit because I, that's a terrible thing that happened but this guy this guy is looking to kick some remember when I told you I said oh somebody who's an Arab is going to get their ass kicked it mm-hmm. doesn't matter who baby and why go to your history books folks every time there was an economic downturn in America first thing that happened in the wonderful south and other places, even up north. Let's not just pick on our friends from the south here. What would happen? A couple of nice uh, Ku Klux Klan rallies, a couple of nice lynchings, a couple of, uh, you know, the the bulls and, you know, somebody acts out, you know, beat the shit out of some black people or whatever. What? No, I'm just. Oh, I'm sorry. You must have had your thing on mute there. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I had it on mute there for a second. Yeah. No, I I agree, man. (laughs) It's. Now, it's people, wild, used, people, used to do that in, people used to do that in Germany. They used to do that to Jews. They used to do that to mm-hmm. other groups. Uh, they used to do it to socialists. They used to do it to communists. They used to do it to the early Nazis. Any kind of group that was up, they beat the piss out of them. They kill a few of them, the pogroms. That's why I have so many Jews in New York. And when I'm saying Jews, I'm not, by the way, I'm from New York, and that's the term yes. that's appropriate. It's not calling a person like that, you're a Jew. No, it's the Jewish people, a Jew. Mm-hmm. Yes, not in a yep. derogatory term, but no, uh, yeah, that's why the, New York was loaded with people like that, you know, with, with Jewish people coming over because they were treated the same way. Every time the government failed, kill a few Jews, kill a few black people, shake them up. Amazing, amazing just how people did things and how they looked at things. Just interesting and fascinating. And it's it's why it's great to go back. I always used to love to go listen to grandpa when I was a kid. And it's it's what I think a lot of kids are, you know, people are losing today is by not going back and, and trying oh, to listen yes. to other generations, you know. Like it's just uh I don't know. I used to just love to sit with him and listen to him and talk to him and hear his perspectives. And a lot of things now I go back and look at some things I don't agree with, a lot of things I do, and you know, a lot of things I can see in myself, a lot of things I can't, you know. But uh I don't know. It, it's it's fascinating to go back and listen to things and maybe one day people want to hear my stories when I'm older, you know. Absolutely. To, uh, hear what what I'm thinking. Well, great topics there today. Great discussion on them. Did I do a quick man, old guy ramble? No, not at all, man. It was great. I really enjoyed it. I think people will gain a lot from it, too, to hear the different perspectives on it. And I think it helps puts a lot of things in place for what's going on in the world, you know, and what's going on in our country in America and just the complete division that we have as a whole of society right now. It's very sad. Um, It's very disheartening to me when I see it, too. Um, mm-hmm. and it's disheartening to me that I see it in certain, like, as I mentioned earlier, that I see in people, I think are good people and you see people act not so good. And 
Um, not saying I'm perfect all the time or I'm right all the time. My opinions are mine. Theirs are theirs. But just the way you see some people, like it's just disheartening to see it. You know, it really is. But that's just, I guess, the way it is. And uh, I don't accept that, though, in my life. And I don't accept it uh, for people I want to be around. So, you know, with that said, it's, uh, you know, it's it's disheartening to see a little bit. And I think I'm not, I think we're not the only ones to to think that as well. Maybe some people are listening and it turns them off to hear with what we how we feel or how we look at it. And that's your right. If that if that's something you don't agree with and you don't want to hear, that's your right. And we respect that. But I uh, very much align with what you're saying on there. And it's interesting to hear back uh, from your time frame on it. Now, on a lighter note, though, I want to close it out by doing a fun segment we'll probably do every week. But mm-hmm. let's look at something here. And this is, you know, when we're looking at different generations and things that we mm-hmm. like and don't like. We're going to do a segment called What Are You Watching or What Are You Reading? What Are You Looking At? What Are You Looking At Right Now? What Are You Watching? What Are You Reading? What's going on that is uh, good in your life that is something that's interesting that you see? To me? You're asking yeah. question? Yes. Uh, believe it or not, with this binge watching, I haven't been binge watching, but there's some television shows uh, or series, uh, you know, that have been out there that I've missed. And that I never gave a shot because I, I just, for whatever reason. And a couple of them, believe it or not, I was always a, a fan of the original Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I'm dating myself. I always loved that show like a lot of other people. And I love the twilight zone. I love all modern shows too. And everything else, you know, I love the last kingdom. I was the guy who told you about it, read all the books, love the yep. series, uh, all the, the, the modern stuff, contemporary stuff. But my wife got me into seeing star Trek discovery. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that before. Holy Jesus Christ almighty. Uh, that is just one of the most marvelous. Uh, it, it's like every episode is like having a freaking uh, full blown movie. On it, and I've seen all of those. Uh, Breaking Bad, I had never seen that, never wanted to see it. A stroke of genius, and 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 Better Call Saul is even better than that, and that's still going on. And the latest one that I'm watching is um, I went back for another science fiction one, and I didn't think I would like it, uh, anything about it, and I'm actually in love with it. Is uh, Star Trek Enterprise? Hmm. With Scott Bakula, and uh, he's been in a lot of other shows. He's on and NCIS, uh, whatever it is, Las Vegas or whatever it is, and he's been in several movies and everything else. And the Vulcan person to pull ain't bad to look at either. Uh, now that's from years ago, but it's great show, great old show. It's it's not currently on anymore, but definitely uh, worth the watch. And The other thing, if I can just give you a quick one, is I told you I've been a news hound uh, because of all the podcasting. And I would basically get my my news um, from different sources on television, the Internet and whatever. And I have gone back purchasing papers online. The old fashioned ways like the New York Times, the Washington Post, other things, uh, the Atlantic and whatever. My God, it's like taking a knife out of my heart to see real news Real reporting, I'm actually amazed because I got out of the habit of uh, of of uh, reading newspapers, uh, and and my God, it, there's a, the whole world of things going on out there that people are unaware of, and that they can do this every day and put that out there. It's it's incredible. So that's what it's I'm amazing, thinking. right? I, more than amazing, and I'm a college professor. Who would think I'm mm-hmm. a guy into research and everything else like that? And it would be I don't want to see that paper. I've seen that a million. Times. I don't want to do the Times cross rip. What an what an idiot I've been with that. <laughs> I went the short route. 
I took the easy route for different things. I'll do a research here. I'll look at something there. And all I'm getting is somebody else's biased interpretation of things versus seeing the news. Mm -hmm. We should do actually a thing on journalists and how the good and and the things that and the harm that they can do. Absolutely, man. The media can be a huge influence on stuff. Oh, both positive and negative. Amen to that, man. How about you? Well, though, you couple, yeah, I got a couple good ones here. So as you mentioned, The Last Kingdom, um, I just finished out the fourth season of it last week, which I'm brokenhearted over that I don't right. have any more to watch for at least another nine months to a year, probably again. God, The, the Last Kingdom, I'm going to. That's what I was going to say next. Uh, I'm going to be getting I'm going to be reading all the books on it because I, I want to see. Uh, Bernard's depiction of him through the through the books there and everything. So I'm pretty confident it's a hugely popular show that they're going to be doing another season. And so. if that holds true of Last Kingdom, that it's uh, it'll probably be the last season that they do because they typically do two novels mm-hmm. per season. So that's typically how they kind of uh, cover it for the novels. And I know they're not all ac- you know 100 accurate to the reflection, mm-hmm. um, you know, of how uh, Bernard Cornwell wrote it, but. Um, I definitely am going to read the books though, too, because Uhtred of Bevenber is the man <laughs> that's, if you guys like fighting, if you like history, if you like, um, amazing battles, the religious aspect to me is amazing to go back and see too, um, to what people fought for and how important their faith and their belief was to them. And, uh, last kingdom, tremendous show. I got into another show too. And I told you about it. You saw an episode, you didn't really dig it, but I really liked it. It's been a little bit of a slow burner for me, but I've, I haven't been able to catch it in mass, just an episode at a time. But Nightfall, yeah, um, very interesting. It's on the History Channel as well. Mm-hmm. It's about the Templars, uh, the Templar Knights, uh, the back Templars. with yeah, Templars. Excuse me, the Templar Knights uh, with Christianity um, and the Holy Grail, this piece, uh, archaic piece they're looking for. You know that Jesus or that you know that they had at the Last Supper. You know that God had used at the Last Supper. And this piece that they're following is where I'm at right now. And, and man, the, their, their belief in God and Jesus in there and how they act and interact. It's truly remarkable stuff in that show. And the Templars, my gosh, these guys were fierce warriors and fighters and battlers. I can't believe it, man. Like, you know, that's some of the Friday the 13th. Did you know that? Really? Friday no, I don't. Thir- I didn't know the that. Friday the 13th is when the king of uh, France, I believe it was, the Knight Templars became the wealthiest order of the uh, Crusaders, and they had tremendous power. As a matter of fact, a lot of the uh, stories about the Illuminati seem to be related to the Knight Templar, and I forget who the leader of the Knight Templars were, but they were spread all over. They were, uh, you know, and they were very, very powerful, and even kings and popes and everything else were very frightened of them. And then um, one of the, I think it was the King of France and the Pope decided we got to knock them off. And what they did is uh, on Friday the 13th, they rounded them all up in all the countries and they uh, put them to the uh, the torture and got confessions out of them and then executed the most of them and, uh, you know, eliminated the order. And uh, that's where you get uh, all the story. That's where you get Friday the 13th being an unlucky day. And you get all these stories about the treasures of the Templars. Interesting. Of the Knight Templars, yes. And if you like uh, The Last Kingdom, if you like history, Kingdom of Heaven, the movie, I told you, just see that. Yep, I'll be watching that this week. Fantastic. And the book called The Archer, if you thought that Uhtred was a bad boy, the famous English archer, they have the character, he has a series of books about an English archer who's the hero. 
and they were the equivalent of um, uh, of a sniper in today's uh, in, uh, in in today's army. They literally changed the course of history. The English bowmen they had to be trained, uh, you know, from when they were little boys to mm-hmm. handle the English bow, and the English bow was the only bow that could pierce the armor of a knight, and it changed warfare. Was it the longbow style that they used? Yes, the English longbow, and it was. Uh, it had to be hewn. It could be barely drawn by anybody, and if they would catch an archer on the rare occasion that they would let him live, they would cut off his two fingers. Yeah, the so he can never. He say he can never play his craft again. He was lucky if they did that, but they hated the archers. If they got a hold of you, you were going to be in for a very, very unpleasant time. I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but I wanted to throw that out for the audience. No, interesting. I mean, I love it, man. I love that that time frame. I'm a big history nut, so it's always interesting stuff to me. And uh, there's always there's there's never uh, there's never a shortage of good books to read. There's never a shortage of good shows to binge watch. So I think it's a fun segment to do every week. What are you watching? What are you reading? What's going on in your life with that stuff? Because everybody's got different flavors and stuff. And some of the things I'm more interested in now are things I never thought I'd be interested in before, you know, Absolutely. that I never liked before, which is kind of the cool thing, you know, that you learn what you like. Uh, you know, it really started for me with Game of Thrones and yes. just really opened my eyes up to a lot of that stuff. And um, then it went to Vikings. And I, I love the show Vikings as well. And, you know, those are our ancestors and our history, too. And mm-hmm. I see what damn savages we were back in the day. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. great show, man. Lots of fun. And uh, we do other great shows that we do as well. I'll say really quick for me is you get, if you're into the world of wrestling and mixed martial arts and all the combat sports side, you can go over and check out my podcast. It's called Wrestling with Reality. Very popular podcast in that realm with mixed martial arts and wrestling. Check it out. We got four to five episodes a week over there. We also do a reality segment where we call it the reality check of the week where we talk about everything that's going on in the world. So whether you like sports, whether you like wrestling, whether you like reality, it's a little bit of everything over there for you. And you can also check out my show. It's called The Road to Redemption. We do a show. I try to do one every week. It's uh, a couple weeks apart on this one for me just because we do so many shows and projects and everything like that. So uh, Road to Redemption is a great show. It's about everyone's story, about their successes, their failures, their tough times and how they've overcome, how they've adapted. We look at tough social issues that are going on in the world over there, different things that I feel are really important topics and impertinent information to people. And it's a very motivational style show. And I think it's a great show and a great listen. So I'd love if you go check it out. And I also do writing over on Sports Knot. So I'm going to be covering a lot of MMA stuff over there for them, for mixed martial arts. And uh, this weekend, I'll be covering UFC 249 for them. So I'm honored to cover UFC 249. It's going to be fun. So go check out Sports Knot at sportsnaut.com. Go check it out. Great site over there for all you sports fans, no matter what you like. And uh, this Saturday, I'll be doing a live uh, a live play-by-play live coverage of UFC 249 over there. So go and check it out and uh, check out our website, rcpodnetwork.com. It's a one-stop shop for all the shows and the great things we got going on on our network and all the other great shows that are out there, man. What about you? You do you do a show six days a week on Just Thinking. I do, so. I do it 12 times a week. I do it morning and night if I could, man, if I could get uh, you to produce them all there, if I could, you know, uh, and, and uh, I had a little extra time in my life. But I'll tell you one thing, uh, Just Thinking, uh, we have a lot of great shows. I try and switch up into as many different areas as I can in a week. And uh, the, the world is being dictated a lot right now by the coronavirus. 
that's out there. But uh, I hope uh, it you know it opens up a little bit more and we can have um, a lot more uh, stuff that we can all be connected to and have some fun with uh, like this or just some interesting stuff. But I can think of something for another show, which I was going to throw in before. But if you just want to make a note of it, man, we should have a show on the importance of morals and values. And let's uh, do it. But yeah, when I when we were talking about people, when I'm saying, hey, people are stupid, or I, I think people are wonderful, but you could be wonderful and be stupid. And if you don't have uh, the proper morals or values, or you're not being trained to think properly, hey, man, you know, you become the blind leading the blind. And we all know what happens with that boy. You fall in a ditch. I enjoyed doing the show a lot tonight, you know, because this it's is like a lot of conversation. Fun, yeah, it's like a conversation we have over the fire, over with a beer. Come on over, man. You don't have to wear a mask around me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't the other day, you stupid uh, bastard. And then and you what sneezed. did I do? You sneezed. <laughs> this, this guy, well, I can't believe him. Well, you got to say it, though, to people in all fairness, man. We were outside doing stuff outside, and I'm deadly allergic to, like, dandelions, man. So like, am I. They get, they get my nose like crazy. So I just put all the fertilizer down, and I cut all the trees down out back because this guy's – the neighbor's damn tree's about ready to fall over on us. So we were, me and you were out looking at it. And then there was a dandelion patch over there. And as you, the one time you don't wear a mask when you're yeah, around, once. when you come over, yeah. I, I start sneezing uh, two times there. And you're like, oh, I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, well, that's oh. what I tell people, man. You, you don't want to be 70 in America in a hospital that's got more than uh, five people with coronavirus. They're going to stick your ass in the parking lot, man. Oh, you ain't lying about that. I don't want that to happen, man. Don't hook me up on a respirator. No, no thank that's you. Why, that's why I tell people, you know, I see people with a sign out there. I know you want to end the show, but it's just a funny thing. It says, you know, I've sacrificed the week. I, I said, you know, you're right. But before you sacrifice the week, if you want to go out without a mask in the middle of a pandemic, man, and you catch it, I don't want to see that happen to you. God forbid. But if you do, sacrifice the stupid first. You want to thin the herd. I still know a lot of shit. I can still can contribute. But if you're did you see the animation that I put up yesterday on Facebook yes, I about did. Dan? I, I, yeah, I, I can't stand them anymore. <laughs> I know. I I do some good ones, don't I? Yeah, I just tell people. I just say, hey, man, you want to want to go out? Go do it. Go for it, brother. Absolutely, man. Well, Where's great show piece, as always. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I want a Whopper, baby. Give me a Whopper. Yeah, that was my other show. How about that Whopper? <laughs> How about that Whopper, man? I'm telling you, I'm all, I'm more into chicken sandwiches, but it's okay. It better be well, a good one. <laughs> it's a damn good one. For the Popeyes ones, I might go out swing. I might go out in a ventilator for a Popeyes chicken sandwich. Not gonna lie, but not not there yet. But it's damn good, man. <laughs> you know, at this stage of the game, many years ago, I would say, man, for a good smoke, for a good cup of coffee, for a good looking woman, I'll, I'll hang out with the coronavirus. Now there ain't nothing that'll tempt me. <laughs> yeah, you ain't lying, man. I don't blame you on that. No, and I, I think I'm with you on that for the most part. There ain't well, no chicken great show tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff good times time. great conversation hope everybody enjoyed it like i said this is our first debut episode of this show but whether you're a first-time listener of our work or you are a long-time listener of our work and our podcasting we welcome you to the show make sure you please subscribe give us a rating and review if you can we greatly appreciate that you know five stars are definitely preferential any any ratings we'll read off on the show we'll give you some love out there in the show and and uh and and put it out there for you but we would greatly appreciate that tell a friend spread the word do what you got to do but uh we'll be back at least two times a week every wednesday and every sunday with brand new episodes and then you can make the determination for yourself does father know best maybe he does maybe he doesn't 
It's going to be your determination on that. So until the next time, we will be back. Be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. And please stay safe out there in whatever you're doing. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Amen. God bless to each and every one of you. Be good. Stay safe. And we will catch you all again.